Hello, and welcome to the FM Podcast. I'm Jen Fritz, and I run Fritz Media, a music publicity and digital marketing firm located in Vancouver, Canada. And this is episode number five of the podcast. So here in Canada, we're lucky enough to have a lot of options for funding our arts projects. And the music industry in particular has an incredible national foundation called Factor, which in case you didn't know, stands for the Foundation Assisting Canadian Talent on Recordings. Factor is a public and private partnership that supports the production of sound recordings by Canadian musicians and helps Canadian music companies make recordings available to a wider public. And they support Canadian recording artists, songwriters artist managers, record labels, music publishers, distributors, and event producers, all kinds of people in the industry, and they do this through many different programs. Now, on top of Factor, there's also funding and grant options available in each province and territory in Canada through our music industry associations, like uh, here in British Columbia, we have Music BC. And some provinces also have funding available through other organizations that offer funding to all creative industries. Like in BC, we have Creative BC, which has the Amplify Music Fund available. And in Ontario, they have Ontario Creates, which has the Ontario Music Investment Fund. And there's many other options as well. So needless to say, we're pretty damn lucky. And I often remind artists that not every country has this type of funding. So we should be very, very thankful that it exists. So today on the show, we're going to talk all about how to navigate the funding and grant system here in Canada. And our guest today is Aaron Kinghorn. Aaron runs Eek Productions, a Toronto-based marketing production management and grant administration company. And she's also a partner in Digital Promotions Group, which is a digital playlist service and U.S. digital PR company based in Toronto. She's also a very good friend of mine. So you may notice that we get a little off topic a number of times throughout the show because I actually think we forgot that we were recording a podcast. Anyway, I hope you'll enjoy our talk. Here's my conversation with Aaron Kinghorn. Well, hello, Aaron. How you doing? Hey, Jen. I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are things in Toronto? Um, cold. And we're about to get a snowstorm, supposedly. We've been waiting all day on it, so we'll see. Ooh, that sounds very exciting. And is it is it really cold there or no? It's, it's mild for Toronto in February. It's not minus 40, you know. Well, you know. <laughs> so I think we're probably my, maybe minus 8, minus 9 right now. Oh, that's yeah, nothing. We, we're all good, but everyone's freaked out about like the snows coming and all the kids get to go back to school tomorrow after being on lockdown for the last uh, six weeks. So Yikes. yeah, I'm sure it's going to go over really well. The roads, <laughs> taking your kids back to school. <laughs> overall should be fine <laughs> i don't see how it's going to be a problem at all it'll totally be, fine. be totally fine you know it it got down to uh minus two o- over the weekend here in vancouver so i know. heard and then i like i watched the whole city shut down and like your one snowplow was working like really hard and it just seemed really awful i was waiting for the army to come in and save you all I know we don't know how to cope when it happens. It's horrible. I shouldn't make fun because I lived there for how long, and it was just as bad when I when I was there too, and I was freaking out about the snow. But now, not so much. No, it's true. So you and I, we've known each other for for quite some time. I actually met you right at the beginning of my switch from from radio yep. to music, um, way back when I worked in the uh, radio promotion department yes. at Network. That was a uh, quite we're some not going to mention ago. exactly how long ago that was, but yes, it was a while back. We were babies. we were babies. We were we were, we were children. 
So uh, the topic of this show is grants and funding, uh, but that's just one part of your business. Your business is called Eek Productions. What other services do you provide? So with Eek, um, I own two companies actually here in Canada. So one is Eek Productions, which is a label services marketing company that specializes in music. So in that aspect, we do things like funding administration, which we're going to talk about today. And then in addition to that, we work with artists, management companies, record labels to develop up brands, put together digital strategies, put together ad plans, marketing budgets, all the fun sort of things that you need for a release that no one really wants to be doing anymore. And then a big part of our business is also become dealing with content management and making sure metadata is done correctly. And, you know, why do you need to have different IRC codes attached to everything? You know, why does my my artwork need to have like the title on it? You know, so it's answering those questions before it gets too far down the road. And then I also am managing partner with Digital Promotions Group, which is a playlisting service company, which we specialize in user-generated playlisting, not pay-to-play. That's mm-hmm. a whole other conversation, which we can have at another time. But we, it's more kind of along the lines of tastemakers, blogs, servicing, that sort of thing uh, worldwide and cross-platform. Right, right, right. So as we know, government grants are, are a huge part of the Canadian music industry. And actually, it's, it's something that I don't know a lot about because, I mean, to be honest, it, it doesn't seem like a part of the industry that I'd really want to do myself. That's fair. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I definitely like benefiting from it when artists get the money. I'm, I'm happy that they, they, they give it to my company. I, I do like that. But, you know, I don't want to be the one to write the grants. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? So was Network the first place that you started doing doing grants? That was the first place that you kind of dipped in? Yeah, it was actually uh, a major part of my job, uh, along with Adam Smith at the time, actually, was kind of the head of making sure things were happening on the factor side. And my job was making sure that marketing plans were written and making sure that we were spending the money in the right places for the completions and all that kind of fun stuff. So Adam got promoted and we started having to do the grants ourselves in the marketing department. And that was my first interactions with Factor. And along those times, Radio Starmaker Fund had been launched, which mm-hmm. was at that time right, right. headed up by Brian Heatherman, actually. And yeah, I oh. and that was a brand new fund that was developed out by the broadcasters and a fund that you know really has supported Canadian and talent at an amazing level. Also, as factor has been amazing as well. And that was kind of got my feet wet on both sides of it. So those were kind of the two major funds that I'd be writing for um, on behalf of Factor at that time. Right. And okay, so you started out there. Yeah. I, I want to I talk about your career a little bit right now. Like, <laughs> Did you Google that? <laughs> Did you look, up, look that up on the LinkedIn? Yeah, you know, I've known you for a while, Aaron, so I feel, I feel like I, I know what it is. But, you know, perhaps perhaps <laughs> our listeners don't know. So what, what were you doing before you worked at Network? Uh, before I worked at Network, I was the promotions person and label rep for the Georgia Strait. But really, I started in the business like a lot of people at the college level. I was a college booker in Prince George for the University of Northern British Columbia. So that led to, ended up getting a couple more jobs at college. Yeah. And eventually that led me to the straight and the straight led me to network. Oh, cool. And, that, and then from there, you, you went to Toronto and uh, you started your own business. Uh, well, you, you, you forgot to stop in at Factor for four and a half months. Well, I didn't know if you wanted, didn't know if you wanted me to mention it. So I was like, okay, if you want to talk about it. Hey, Aaron, here's enough rope. 
I mean, paying yourself. No, you know, you, you know what? It's there. It's on the resume, and there, you know, enough people know about it. I worked at I worked at Factor. I was hired as the general manager. I lasted uh, five months, <laughs> five months ish. Um, turns out, um, I came in at a very um, at. I didn't know the politics that were in play when I was hired and during that time. And um, it turns out I'm not a great bureaucrat. I'm a little, I'm a little blunt, as uh, you may know, and, yes, some I do. Your, and some of your listeners may know. And I, I say what I mean, and sometimes that doesn't go over as well as I had hoped. So um, that led me to open up Eek. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where becoming my own boss and becoming an entrepreneur seemed to be the best bet for um, my mouth and my opinions. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. Uh, I'm the same way as as you know. Um, I, I, I'm also very blunt and I say what I mean. And, you know, sometimes it goes well, sometimes it doesn't. Actually, th that brings up a really good point. I've been talking about this with a, a lot of other uh, women in the industry. Do you get like a lot of like, when you are blunt, do you suffer from like, people saying you're being unprofessional or something be, like that in a way that they wouldn't to, to male colleagues, like, and not that you're being bitchy, but just like, if you're saying, this is what I think. Oh no, I've been, I, I've been called a bitch. No, I've been, I've, I've been told that to my face and I don't ever think that it, I've never been told that I've, I'm unprofessional. However, I have been getting, I get pushback and, it's kind of that roundabout kind of conversation of them, of the person kind of trying to put you back in your place. I want to say where it's like, actually, no, my place is exactly equal across the table from you. So what exactly is the problem here? Mm -hmm. I find that as I get older and I, the experience that I have and the success that I've had in my career, I don't, I feel that I'm being listened to more now that, and I'm not, my experience isn't being questioned. You, you know what I mean? And I think that's something with age mm -hmm. that I appreciate. But I feel that there are a lot of women, when I, even when I was working at Network, there was times where I really felt that I wasn't being listened to. Not not by people at Network, but it, in the industry where it was just kind of like, oh, kind of like, mm -hmm. you'll figure it out. It's like, well, no, I know what I'm doing. Like At that point, I was the director of sales and marketing for Network Music Group. I still shouldn't be able to have a conversation without being told, you know, we'll let the, we'll let us deal with it. You know what I mean? And that, that wasn't people at network. That was people within the industry. So basically artists or labels or, or managers, they, they can hire you to, to write grants for them. Um, this is going to seem like a really weird question, but do you, would you recommend that, that artists do that? Um, yes and no. Let's go through this. I think that artists, okay. I think that artists should at least try to write their grants. For the first time, like, I think that the Factor Artist Development Grant is something that you should be writing on your own. Okay, yeah, that's, this is why I'm asking, because I, I, I feel the same way. <laughs> yeah, like, because no one's going to tell your story or what you're planning to do better than you. I think that your Music Industry Association grants and applications should be done by you. Now, during sound recording, that's a tough one because it, you're you're going in for a lot of money and some artists just aren't great at verbalizing, like writing out a marketing plan or trying to figure out like all the steps that kind of are involved with it. So I can see them getting help with that. What we do at Eek is a little bit different because I, I we're not grant writers. 
and I, I try to make that very clear, mm-hmm. is that we do funding administration. So the majority of people that we work with, we work with all year round. Right. So the labels, the, you know, the artists and that sort of thing. And we're writing a variety of grants, but we're also doing the completions and all the other kind of follow-up and we're interacting on a variety of different ways. Now, with with some grant writers, I'm not saying all, but the ones that I have a problem with are the ones that write juried sound recording or do batches of grants and are taking a percentage and they're writing like a number, they're playing the odds. So they're writing like 20 or 30 for a deadline and everything's templated and everything's just kind of running through. And that I have a lot of problems with. But if you wanted to hire someone to help you out, put together a proper marketing plan or is going to be involved in what your actual strategy is and is be and you're and they're researching it for you and you're putting together some stuff, then I have no problems with that. Yeah, no, that makes more sense. And then you're kind of on top of like, oh, should we be applying for Radio Star Maker now? Or like you're more in tune of what needs to happen. I also there's I really believe like outside of Star Maker, but when looking at Factor, you should be looking at Factor as like a rebate program. Because I think a lot of people, like I have conversations with people that's like, well, if we don't get factor, we're not making the record. Well, if that's the way that you're running your business and running how your career is going as an artist, then I suggest you rethinking that. Because Factor, I think, is at a 14% approval rating, maybe. So, you know, they're they're probably, you know, they're getting 15 to 1600 applications a deadline. You know, they're probably funding maybe around 100 in this, you know, don't quote me on this, someone needs to go out and like do all the counting and that sort of thing. But, you know, you need usually about an 88 to over an 88% to, to be funded. And that's on the bell curve, right? Right. So, you know, if you're if you're putting out music and you have a plan and you apply to factor, that's great if you get funded, but you still should be doing the plan anyways. You're not entitled to the money, first of all. And you shouldn't be planning around the idea that you're getting the money. Yeah. No. And that I, I think that brings me to to uh, to this point is that our industry is very, very dependent on the government funding, you know, especially now during COVID, which is a which is a whole a whole other thing. Do you think our industry would be sustainable without it? Do you think we, or do you think we need that funding to keep us alive? Aside Aside from COVID, I mean. <laughs> but I think I, I think that's all industries needed help with COVID. It wasn't just music, you know yeah. what I mean? But I think I think the music industry would be sustainable. It would just be different. Yeah. You know what I mean? We work in an industry that is incredibly resilient and um, changes all the time to to make that happen. That'd be the same conversation, right? We still have a music industry. Would it look exactly the same as it does right now? Probably not, but we would be releasing music because the rest of the world, you know, I think it's only five countries in the world have funding programs for their industry. So the rest, the, but everywhere else still releases music. No, it's true. I always say that to artists too, like going back to what you're saying, like if you're, if you're only going to release music because you're getting funding. What I say to artists that are like, well, it sucks. I don't have funding. I'm like, you know, that most other countries don't have funding, right? Yeah. So it's great that it's there. Yeah, it's fantastic. But you need to figure out how to do it without that in case it's not there for you, because it won't always be there for you. Yeah. And that, and that's the other thing is that how long will the funding exist? You know, I think Factor has done an amazing job, you know, managing their funds and making sure that they they're able to sustain the what they can. 
But on the same aspect, it's like if we ended up with a majority conservative government in the next couple of years, who knows what our funding programs in general would look like for not just for music, for art in general, like especially after all of this COVID relief, you yeah. know, and that, that's something that we, you know, people have to be aware of is that there is a party in this country that when it comes to arts funding is, is not going to make it a priority if they get into power. No, that's that's true. And they also want to get rid of Canadian culture by taking away the CBC, which is balls. Yeah. You know, and that's something, you know, that we all have to be aware of as workers in this industry is, you know, supporting candidates and getting involved on all levels of government, Mm -hmm. you know, and voting and also filling out the surveys and being able to show governments and what our sector actually is involved in, how much money it truly generates and how many jobs it truly generates. And that only happens when artists, management companies, everyone who's involved with all of this answers those surveys and actually gets their voices heard. Yeah, no, you are right about that. You got to you got to talk to the people that are making the decisions. That's that's how it works. Step one. (laughs) Yeah. Let me tell you, they don't know. They're not magic. They can't figure it out. So I'm just going to wrap up this interview portion here by saying what advice would you would you have? I think you kind of touched on this a little bit, but what would you say to an artist or band that's that's just starting out and wondering where to start with government funding? Well, first of all, I join your music at your local music industry association. Um, I think you're the MIAs are just such a great resource and people don't really think about them, you know, and they, you know, they, they're well connected. They have their own funding programs and they also are the representation for factor across the country. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's number one. Um, If you're looking at doing, uh, you know, applying for factor grants, um, start early. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You know, like the day before is not when to start. Um, no. Yeah. The other thing is read the actual guidelines yes. and realize that it's it, it's it's competitive. It's a competitive thing. And what I drive, you know, people the entitlement that I hear from people. But then there's this like, well, I didn't get it because you know factors so corrupt. It's just like factors. I the during process is something that's there and it's subjective. But you're being your your music's being listened to. You know by three different juries over a course of like a two month period. Well, yeah, it's a two month period. So, you know, you have to put the work in. If you went to, you know, if you went to the bank and asked for $25,000, think about how much work you would need to provide the bank for that. Yeah. You know, and factors looking for maybe a third of that, maybe a half. So you need to put the work in and you have to do the research. What I love is when I see the marketing plan that I did 10 years ago, come back to me as a marketing plan for a band, like hasn't changed the headers, hasn't changed anything, has the same, has still has the same media contact hit list. Like those people don't exist. Those outlets don't exist anymore. Oh, and I, I, I mean, you've, you've sat on factor juries, obviously. Yeah. So, so have I, I call that out too. Yeah. When they, whenever they have a marketing plan that has old publications, I'm just like, yeah, uh, you know, that, that place hasn't been in business for 10 years. So maybe. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's my marketing plan. Yeah. <laughs> or what I really, you know, the other thing is, you know, putting in people's names and companies that you've never spoken to. Oh, dude, that's happened to me so many times where yeah. people, I've read, I've been on a factor jury reading someone's marketing plan and they call, they said that Fritz Media is doing the publicity. And yeah. I'm like, pretty sure you never 
called yeah. or a- or asked me. Yeah, and and they're put they're just throwing people's names in, and they have no intent no intention of of um, hiring them. And I see the same thing with Eek, where it's just like, well, um, you haven't. We've never spoken. Yeah. So you know, so it's it's those are the kind of things that you know. Be authentic. Do your research. There, nothing looks better on juries is that if you actually have letters intent from people who want to support you in the industry, if they if you get the money. No, it's true. Those do look really good. Um, and yeah, and I don't mind writing them if if we're if we're going to work together. You know, just but you gotta you gotta ask first. And and don't ask me don't ask me on deadline day. Oh my god, that's a whole other thing. Aaron. Don't even get me started on that one because I'm like, um, I don't know if you know this, but it's I don't have to do this for you. First of all, like you're not paying me nothing right now. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure you've known about this deadline forever. Well, I always enjoy the fact the factor deadlines are rolling deadline. So like it it just it, but they have like hard deadlines a couple times a year just so they can actually do the juries. But it's a rolling so you don't have to wait to the day before the hard deadline. You can you can do it at any time. Well, I, I think you know what, what humans do yes. when when met with a deadline. <laughs> All right, so now would probably be a good time to head on over to our fresh content segment. Now, every week on the show, we discuss our favorite piece of music content for the week, and uh, we always like to start with the guest. So, Erin, what do you have for us? Um, my piece of content is actually something that I've been working on for the last couple of months with a client um, through Starfish Entertainment. It's Elliot Brood. We've been working uh, with them for the last little while on a project called Acronym. And it's essentially a music club. <laughs> it's it, so the guys can't tour, and like that's what they've been doing like the majority of the last ten years. So what they did, and it's really it's a lot of fun. It's the first Wednesday of every month. They've each picked three songs, and we've broken up Canada into little segments. So the three songs have to relate to their time on the road going into that city or that currently we're in Manitoba. And they sit down for an hour and we broadcast live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. And they discuss the songs, what, the good things about them, the bad things about them, the stories behind them. And they bring in like the place that they've always gone after show for right. the last 10 years. Where's the best burger? Where do they get their cup of coffee? They've been bringing on special guests. Talking about playing at the Winnipeg Folk Festival was this last thing. And the interesting thing is, is that we published the playlist two weeks beforehand. So people can listen to the playlist and discuss it as well in the chat. Right. And then uh, the next day we package it up and uh, we've posted it up on Spotify in their words of music. So then the guys also then have a podcast. Oh, cool. So it's multi-level content that we're creating out and like there's video and like little snippets and that sort of thing. But what I really enjoy about that is that they're all fans of music and and so they're discussing music. They're not just discussing them. They're right. discussing music, but also their memories in that and it's authentically them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I and I think that what I really am enjoying right now, especially with what's going in with lockdown and everything else, is that you're really seeing musicians who are embracing authentic parts of themselves and bringing that to them, their socials and their content rather than this whole kind of like, here's my album, here's my single, did you see this? You know, like there's a lot of different, like the people are actually just going on to socials and exploring and having fun and taking some risks to it, which I appreciate right now when it comes to content. No, I do too. And I, I think that's important. I mean, we we say that to our clients all the time too. It's like, you can't 
I say this a lot. I've already probably said it every friggin' episode of my podcast, but it's like you can't be selly. You have to be authentic. You like that's yeah. like like that's the thing that is going to build your fan base, right? And like have that, fun with it. You know. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this, but um, we, I've also been working with Theo Tams out of um, with Hidden Pony, and mm-hmm. on. T- so the one thing about Theo is, you know. The last year, he's really embraced learning about Instagram and in the last six months really kind of learned about TikTok. And he did, this is going to be like maybe four or five weeks ago. It's him on TikTok playing Angel by Sarah McLaughlin. Okay, so the SPCA song and his great Dane's face is like pressed into his shoulder. Just like totally completely relaxes in black and white. It's beautiful. But he puts this whole kind of captioning about his great Dane. They've recently only got him in the last year or so. Um, That his great Dane's been always suffering from anxiety. And... And and the one thing that really calms him down is when Theo sings to him. (laughs) See, welcome to the tears. Welcome. And and remember, it's Angel by Sarah McLaughlin. Oh, my God. (laughs) So it's like this amazing moment. And of course, you know, it went it went viral and people are trying to figure out is and it's perfect for us because we're setting him up for a new record and new songs and that sort of thing. But he now he has kind of a whole community and he now also has content from TikTok, which let's be honest, everyone's searching for, for what's the thing I should be doing on TikTok right now. And it's him doing covers or songs that are, are resonating with him with his great day. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing about TikTok, though, is there is no like, here's how you do it. It's yeah. like, I find that the the ones that hit are like super authentic, right? Like, like that's that's the key to that whole platform because <laughs> it, it is because they everyone can snuff out things that are too silly and they're they're just going to move on, right? And you know, having those kind of moments where because I think I agree with a lot of people in the industry right now, short form video content is the way that we're moving to right now. And that's, you know, so when you're building out all of your assets, like really do look at your short form video content. It's great if you've actually done a video, but what are, what are the other 15, 15 second pieces can you pull from that? You know, and, um, you know, these, these slim moments or these moments of, of authenticity are just so important. And the thing is, you can't plan them. And they can only happen if A, you're using the platform, you're taking chances, but you're just actually, and it's the biggest thing with all of this. And it's the thing that I feel that sometimes we really forget. And I think it's something that we've really forgotten during COVID at times is just to have some fun. Yeah, with all of this, like, you know, as a friend of mine, you know, that, you know, I've spent a lot of this time by myself, and, you know, trying to come up with things to do. I started a second puzzle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, calm down here. I know. And if anyone is watching me on my own socials, you'll understand my hatred of puzzles if you've gone back in the last six months. But it's just trying to find the things that at least you can either joke about or laugh about. And I think that having some fun and at least bring some sort of laughter into your everyday at least once is yeah. the way is the way that we have to be looking at all of this. And it can't just be sell, sell, sell all the time. It's like, no. what? Are, like, why did you start playing music? Yes, yeah, because you like, enjoyed it. <laughs> like, yeah. 
No, and also like find your platform. You know what? Like maybe TikTok isn't for you, but maybe Instagram stories is or or reels or, you know, or live on Instagram. Like you don't have to do every single thing. You might have to, you might have success with what you want to do on different platforms. So that's, that's, that's a big thing too. But I think we've gone off topic. Uh, (laughs) This is is incredible. But I I will take this (laughs) I will take this time to to pivot to my fresh content pick for the week because oh. that's where we were. <laughs> we got I, I, we got I, I, way off course. I, I, I'd like to apologize to all the uh, Fritz podcast uh, listeners. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll do better. <laughs> uh, you, you're good at taking things off course, Aaron. <laughs> knows? By the time you're done with this, you may have just edited it down to 15 minutes, and I'll just be like, Aaron's here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to have to edit it down, Erin. That's that's for sure. <laughs> we do know that. <laughs> can, that so, be the, can that be the highlight? <laughs> We're going to have yeah. to edit this. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, the highlight's going to be, can that be the highlight? <laughs> Anyway, moving on. What is your what what is your piece of content for the week, Jed? Well, well, Aaron, thank you so much for asking. I, I really no appreciate it. You um, gonna go co-host for this? No, no, I I do not, Aaron. <laughs> no. Fine. All right. So my fresh content is the uh, the new Britney Spears documentary, Framing Britney Spears, uh, which is kind of an odd recommendation because I know it's not streaming here in Canada yet. <laughs> So I get it. I I get it. I was going to ask you, how did you stream it? Because I've been trying to see it all weekend. Well, what I will say to that is that I'm sure it will be available here eventually in Canada. It it was available in the States on Hulu. Crave tends to pick up some Hulu stuff. So so maybe, you know, it'll be here in a couple of weeks. If you want to be bad and uh, find it in in other ways, which I may or may not have done, uh, I'm not going to say if you if you want, you you can find it. It is available on the internet. But uh, anyway, I'm sure you've heard all about it. But I just when it does become available, I think that everybody should watch it because it really captures how truly awful the media and uh, just society in general <laughs> treated Britney Spears at the height of her career. And uh, when she had mental health issues, like uh, we just made fun of her. And it, it is horrific to see. And I think that the thing that really shocked me the most is that it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Um, this is like, what, 2005, 2006. Yeah. Um, the beginning of our career was like the late 90s. Uh, we were truly awful. We haven't progressed that much as a society. So I don't think we can be like, oh, my God, I, I think it's good to just look at that. It, it is so, so hard to watch. And I, I think it's important to watch to just see how horrible we we treat women in the music industry and how we also treat people with mental health issues. It's nuts. Totally agree. And I think that, you know, it's been really interesting this past weekend with the that documentaries also started as a conversation is exactly what you're talking about and how many people are pointing out the uh, Lindsay Lohan. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, David Letterman, Letterman. the Letterman interview and how, you know, someone who was going through addiction and mental health issues and that sort of thing was pretty much made fun of and just just, a a punchline. Yeah. Yeah. And and, And, and how that was just, it it was okay. And really, you know, what, if she, if either of those women had been men, uh, do we really feel that that would have happened. No, I I do not think so. No. <laughs> I think you and I both <laughs> know that, <laughs> that 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 wouldn't have happened. And it's yeah, it, it is so crazy. And also the thing like both with 
the way the media you know, treated Britney in her interviews and also like Lindsay Lohan. When you watch those interviews, the grace that both of those women had in dealing with those interviews is incredible. And that's because they knew if they lost their shit, the headline would have been Lindsay Lohan loses her shit or Britney Spears loses her shit. Because, I mean, Britney, we know, look what happened when she did lose her shit because she was tired of being followed. Like, you can't win. Right? Well, and it's interesting because if you look at that uh, Taylor Swift documentary, you know how I love my T Swift, and that's bring the it on. I bring, bring her it on. It's and she has that conversation about making a stand politically, and you know her handlers are saying, "Well, no, that's not kind of where where you should be at," and that sort of thing. And she kind of looks and she's like, "Yeah, no, I'm kind of done. So this is who this is the voice that I'm going to start having." And I think that. This generation of women who are coming up and are seeing that and seeing the fact that you can say no and start holding on to your voice and hmm. and, you know, realizing that you do have your own power and to, and to step into it is is just so important, because I think that for a lot of people, it's it's just, you know, stay pretty, stay dumb and pretty. And um, we'll, we'll make sure it's all taken care of. And then yeah. all of a sudden, you're 39 years old, and you don't have control of anything in your life. No, it's true. Yeah. And, you know, and also the whole, you know, don't bring politics into music. Well, I don't know if you know this, but it is pretty much the same friggin' thing. So <laughs> art, art is there to express what is going on. So we're getting ranty. Aaron, and I feel like this is like one of our Zoom calls and we're just ranting. So, Oh, is that not what we're supposed to do on this? What? Oh, I, I didn't tell you we're recording. Oh, Aaron, uh, this is for my podcast. I have a podcast now. <laughs> Did I mention I have a podcast? Anyway, thanks. Thanks so much for joining us, Aaron. Is there anything that you want to plug before we wrap this up? Oh, there's a ton of things to plug, but uh, records I'm working on that I'm really excited about. Um, one is uh, Candle Osborne has a new record Ooh. coming out this uh, spring. It's going to be uh, the first single is coming out on March 3rd called Honey Trap. So mm-hmm. please check that out. And then, um, oh, Susanna, Susie Angular is, we're changing her name to Susie Angular. And uh, she's got a beautiful record coming out on um, MVKA out of the UK uh, over the, the spring, summer. And uh, it's a stunning, stunning record. So nice. looking forward to both of those. Nice. Yeah. Well, thanks, Erin. And uh, thanks so much for joining us. No problem. And have a good night. Bye. Bye. Well, I'm really sorry about the amount of times that we veered off topic on that one, but I really hope you enjoyed my talk with Aaron. Thanks so much for listening to the FM podcast. If you like the show, please tell your friends and give us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. We're a brand new show, so we could really use the support. And thank you to Said the Whale for providing the theme music for the show. If you want to learn more about Fritz Media, check out our website at fritzmedia.ca. And you can follow us on Facebook. We're at Fritz Media and on Instagram and Twitter at Fritz underscore media. And if you want to learn more about the podcast, go to the fmpodcast.com. Okay, so we're going to go out with our song of the week this week. And since, as far as I know, Aaron doesn't sing, I thought I'd go with a song from Fritz Media artist Bill Jr. Jr. instead. From his brand new album, Homebody, which just came out last month, this is Renaissance Man.
I'll see you next Tuesday.